Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. This episode is proudly brought to you by Derm Health Co. Events. At the beginning of 2020, we had four live face-to-face events planned in Melbourne. Goodie bags ready to go, speakers lined up, balloons ready and caterers on call. And then we had to cancel them all. But we decided to then pivot. And I know you've probably heard that word a lot in the last six months but we decided to launch our very first virtual event it went so incredibly well that over the next 12 months we have seven coming up each one is on a completely different topic with completely different expert speakers and you hear from stories of those with lived experience every six weeks we are doing a virtual event crazy right it's half day of learning um, but the bonus is that they're all recorded and then put up on a portal on our website so if you're not able to join live whether you're at work whether you have family duties whether you are in a completely different time zone don't worry you can access these presentations whenever you wish wherever you wish just by signing up so head to the website uh, have a look at some of the past events that we've had so these include the foundations of skin health gut health and the skin and psoriasis and eczema and the events that we have coming up we've planned them all the way to june 2021 sign up so you don't miss out and This is just another way that we can support you on your skin health journey, bring you more evidence-based information, share stories of those with lived experience so that you don't feel so isolated on your skin health journey and continue to grow the community. We are so proud of this and we would love for you to join in all the fun and all the learning. Hello, welcome to the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Ross McDougald, cosmetic chemist and founder of Biology. Whether you read it on the internet, heard it from a friend, or had it passed down from generation to generation, chances are you are clinging to at least one bad piece of skincare advice. And today we are digging up a bit of controversy Um, and myth-busting some of the most common myths in the skincare industry. Ross is calling for a change in the skincare and cosmetics industry, dedicating his time to educating consumers on the misleading and often unsubstantiated claims that the industry is rife with. He wants brands to be more ethical and transparent so consumers can be fully aware of the ingredients used in products and know what they're buying. As an experienced cosmetic chemist, 
Ross is dedicated to providing highly effective skincare products and he wanted to change the game. So in 2017, he launched Biology. It is the world's first ever 100% active single ingredient organic pure plant serum. Completely mind-blowing. Um, today, Ross continues to explore the development of groundbreaking technology and game-changing ingredients, ensuring that people around the world have access to natural, superior, and effective skincare. Join us as Ross walks us through the nitty-gritty of skincare labels and formulation. I must give you a little bit of a warning. Some areas the audio quality isn't as what we would love it to be. However, I urge you to listen right through to the end where Ross can debunk some of those common myths and questions that are probably playing on your mind. Tell us about your career and how you got to do the work that you're doing today. Oh, I've been a formulating chemist for the last 30 years. I was one of those guys that used to put products together and say that this, that, you know, you, you put plant phytonutrients or plant products into it for a label claim, but then you'd be using silicons and glycols and things like that to, I guess, coat the skin with something that makes it look like it's, you know, shiny. And it is because the chemicals on the skin are, can't absorb into your skin and so they give off this glimmer which isn't good for your skin and the reason for that is is that skincare products are developed from price if you actually look at a bottle of any skincare product brand the most expensive thing is usually the bottle the ingredients inside are probably the least expensive and the reason for that is is you've got to have a certain margin to make to advertise and stuff like that so it's really hard to develop a formula that actually works when it's price driven most skincare brands have 70 80 percent water in them probably the most expensive water in the world. And it doesn't even come from the Himalayas. It comes from taps. So, yeah, it's to me, it's, I was caught up in that. And then you, when you realise that what you're doing and then, you know, you start seeing people getting dermatological problems like eczema, psoriasis and, all, you know, a number of issues because what we were doing is putting products on the skin that the skin doesn't know what to do with. So it just sits there on the skin and causes dermatological problems. So from those issues, I decided to remove myself from what I was doing and study plants, study how they produce the nutrients, where they produce and what they do with them and how that whole system works. And then from that, I was able to understand how nutrients help plants. And then, you know, the interesting thing is that we're, there's three key things about everything that I, that I do these days. One is the nutrients, but it's not the most important thing. All nutrients in plants are very, very unstable molecules. So they will break down very quickly in water or air because of the free radicals water and air contain. And so the plant produces a liquid matrix that protects these nutrients from breaking down. So they flow around the plant with this liquid matrix. And so that's the reason why plants have created this liquid matrix, which is really important. The plant also has produced a compound which we've called a biokey. We know what it is, no one else does, and we won't be telling anyone what it is because it's obviously our IP. Allows the plant cells to open up. So say say for example plant cells have doors on them. And so the biokey actually can open the door up and allows the the nutrients to flow into the plant cell. The one other thing that what plant cells do is they also excrete all of their toxins out that they may be holding. So this whole system is incredibly unique and incredibly um, technical, but that's how it works. So the cell, if it's suffering, the door opens, removes its toxins, the nutrients go in, door shuts, 
and the cell gets better. The most amazing thing is that same system happens in humans. And you go, well, why is that? It's because we've evolved with plants. So we've actually taken on certain traits that cellular structure does. So human cells also have a door on them, which allows nutrients to flow in and remove toxins, which is really, really beneficial for skin because a lot of skin contains a lot of toxins. And so when you apply a product like biology, which contains the phytonutrients, the liquid matrix to keep the nutrients in their natural stable form and the bio key, it goes to work straight away and fixes your skin. And that's it. Put simply, what we're doing is we're just taking what nature has created and extracting it out without damaging it and giving it to you guys to put on your skin. And it's that simple. There's a lot of technology behind it and it's taken me 12 years to develop, but it's really simple. There's, and it works. So I'm really proud to say that, you know, we've developed a brand that works and it works with one single ingredient. But those single ingredients have multiple phytonutrients in them. Wow, how interesting. And I can imagine that veil was just lifted and you're like, oh my goodness, what have I been doing for the last decade or so? Now, I'd like to go through some of the most common labels on skincare products. And I'd like to do some debunking with you in the form of kind of rapid fire questions. Okay. Because I know you are a myth buster of skincare. So I thought it would be fun to go through some of the common labels. So I'll ask one by one, and then you just give us a quick kind of explanation from your perspective. Okay. Sure. So what does natural mean on oh. skincare label? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything these days. I mean, natural, to me, natural means a compound that's found in nature, directly from nature. That's what natural is to me. Yeah. What about clean skincare? I'm guessing clean skincare is saying that it doesn't contain any chemicals. I'm guess I'm hazarding a guess that's what clean skincare means. No chemicals. Well, what is chemical? So yeah. to me, that's marketing yeah. people going crazy. What about natural fragrances? Natural fragrances would be essential oils. I would hazard a guess. Crazy thing isn't essential oils contain the same compounds as fragrances, and essential oils are probably the number one skin irritant in the world at the present moment. So anything that's got uh, volatile compounds in it, it's not going to be good for your skin. And that includes essential oils, fragrances, things like that. The irritant, as simple as that. Okay. And should we be looking for certified organic, that specific badge? Yes. But again, like, what does that mean? I mean, brand can say that it's certified organic, but it contains only 30%. Like, for example, this is a great example. So a brand can say they are certified organic but they don't have to count the water in their product. So for example, they can say, we've got 70% organic materials in our product. Well, and 80% of it's water. So you can get that. So you're down to 20% of it. And they're saying 70% of that. So about 14 grams per se, if my math is right, in that 100 gram product is organic. So there's a lot of misconceptions about organic. And to be honest with you, I, organic skincare, what does it really mean? Like, I definitely think that organic vegetables and fruits and things like that, awesome. You know, we should be eating more organic food because it's got no pesticides and residues. But skincare, like for example, you have organic essential oils. Well, most of them don't contain any, even the normal ones don't contain any pesticides or herbicides. So it's it's just education, I think. Yeah. So organic skincare to me is another marketing gimmick. And what about vegan and then cruelty-free? Like obviously we would think that a vegan skincare doesn't contain any animal products. Cruelty-free might not be tested on animals. Yeah, well. Vegan. 
Well, maybe I'll leave it to you and let you um, explain both of them. Yeah, well, vegan skincare, well, again, another marketing hype because there's very little ingredients these days that come from animals. So to me, vegan is, but vegan, you can have plasticizers in your product and still be vegan. I mean, how, like, you can have synthetic chemicals and you can still be vegan. To me, I find that just a, like, come on, guys, you know, like, okay, we, there's very little animal products that go into our, our products these days because everything's made synthetically. So vegan to me is, it's a mute point, but you can still get vegan claims even if you're using plasticizers, petrochemicals. Uh, it's crazy. But my favourite, uh, my favourite one is cruelty-free. I'm not sure if any of your listeners realise that most, well, nearly every single chemical and every single product that goes into a skincare product would have been tested on animals at one point in its creation. Now, I'm not saying the brand tests on on animals because it's illegal anyway, but, for example, lavender oil, it has an LD50. Now, LD50 stands for lethal dose 50%. And to explain that, that means they've fed lavender oil to 50% to so a number of animals and 50% of the animals have died and been killed by toxicity. Water has an LD50. So every single chemical that goes into a skincare brand usually has an LD50 or a, to animal testing. So animal testing to me, or whatever the claim is, uh, no, no animal testing done is wrong. It's again, marketing gone crazy. So yeah, and that's the honest truth. From 30 years in the industry. Now some skincare myths to debunk. So if you've got oily skin, you should use products that dry it out. No, the whole thing is that oil can be produced, dry skin can be produced, but it's because the skin isn't functioning very well. There's also hormone imbalances in there. It's a whole heap of different things that creates oily skin. You should never use chemicals to try and take away the oily skin. It's just not going to work. It's just going to create more problems. You may want to change your diet. You may want to... Eating nutrients, fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, the amount of amazing results you get from that because... It does exactly the same thing as the biology products. It delivers the nutrients. It delivers the phyto, the phyto protection mechanism to protect those nutrients, and it also delivers the, the bio key. So the other thing is we've also got to, you've got to also look at the whole thing when you think about when you have dermatological problems. You may also have hormone imbalances, and hormone imbalances are usually endocrine disrupting things. I'm not quite sure if you've heard about endocrine disruptors, but they're in a huge amount of cosmetics. And if your listeners want to watch something which is very eye-opening there's a documentary called toxic beauty that's been out for a few months and it's fantastic i love it and it talks about endocrine disruption and the toxic beauty documentary basically reckons that endocrine disruption is going to be far worse than cigarettes in the future so i just think we all should take that on board and just try and live a life that just uncomplicate your skin routine you know, it's simple as that, but using something to dry your skin out to remove all the oil is that your skin's just going to produce more. You've got to deal with the fact that what's causing the issue for your skin to create the oil instead of just, yeah. Absolutely. And we'll make sure that we put that documentary in the show notes as well. And absolutely so, so many myths in the marketing skincare, you know, this idea that people need to have a 15 step skincare regime, that they need to be spending upwards of $80, $100 on a cleanser or this kind of thing. I think it's really important that this is debunked and people are given a choice. I mean, obviously some people will still continue to use that eye cream that's worth $150, $200 $300 because 
that makes them feel good and that's completely okay. But I think it's really important that people educate themselves on the truths of skincare because I think the veil has been over our eyes for far too long now. So I'll continue going through some of these common skincare myths that I see all the time. Another one is, well, you don't need moisturizer if you have oily skin. Uh, well, depending on the moisturizer, moisturizers are just, you know, I wouldn't be putting any type of problem moisturizer on my skin, even if it's oily. Again, it's the same answer as I gave you last time, you know, deliver what your skin needs and that's nutrients, not a fragrance laden synthetic chemical cream. It doesn't need that, doesn't know what to do with it. So yeah, just don't do it. You promote the use of oils. So what do you like about the property of oils? You know, you can be lipid dry or oil dry. So you do need lipids. Sorry, I call them lipids, the oils. Now, the skin has oils in it. So they don't have oils. They have fatty acids, which is parts of oil. And the majority of the parts of the oil that in our skin is called alpha linoleic acid and linoleic acid. And so what you want to do is try and find oils that contain a great amount of those two fatty acids. Now, rosehip is one, see buckthorn is another. There's several uh, on my uh, Instagram. I have talked about this. And the other thing is that you also want to look for oils that contain the oil-soluble vitamins. Now, I'm not quite sure if everyone knows, but vitamins come in water soluble or soluble. It's as simple as that. So for those that don't know the difference, are you able just to provide a brief explanation? Sure. So vitamin A, everyone thinks it's retinol. Vitamin A, which is retinol, is a animal vitamin A. And there's no such thing as anyone in the world pulling out vitamin A out of animals. It's all synthetic. Vitamin A from a plant is called a carotene. So you get beta alpha carotenes and the, usually you always find them in oils because uh, it's an oil soluble vitamin. So you would find them in rosehip oil and sea buckthorn oil. Vitamin B is a water soluble vitamin, but it comes only from animals. So unless you're eating animal products, then you're not going to be delivering them. And I can tell you right now, taking tablets with vitamin B is not going to work. Vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin from roots. Vitamin C is not ascorbic acid like all the tablets that we are. So if you want vitamin C, eat lots of fruit. Vitamin D is a oil-soluble vitamin which is produced in our bodies only from sunlight. Simple. It's not, comes in a capsule. E is an oil-soluble vitamin that comes from seed oils. Vitamin K is also a animal product too can keep on going if you like, but I think that's probably covered them all. So seed oils contain vitamin A as carotenes and vitamin E as tocopherols. And they, so if you want to find a seed oil that's got your alpha linoleic, your linoleic acid, and this really important vitamin A and E, then you want to look for, again, rosehip oil and sea buckthorn oil. But you need to find a vitamin A and E have a smell to them and they also have a colour to them, you know, a bright orange-yellow both vitamins. So you want a rosehip oil or a sea buckthorn oil that's very dark in colour and has a smell to it. I may not be the nicest smelling thing, but that's going to be really good for your skin. If you find one of those oils and it's basically clear or doesn't have an odour, it ain't going to work as well as a smelly one with high colour. Okay. And do you promote the use of different types of lipids depending on the skin concern? The body only needs alpha linoleic acid and linoleic acid. Simple as that. Like, say, for example, you get all these people who've got marula oil and 
I don't know, pumpkin seed oil and orange seed oil. You know, you get all these fantastic, wonderful seed oils and, you know, that. But the interesting thing for me, because I know all this, like all seed oils basically all have exactly the same fatty acid profiles. They just have different amounts of them. So it might sound wonderful and wow, look at this. This is such a brand new oil from, you know, some exotic place. You actually look at the fatty acid profile of it and it's, it's the same as peanut oil. You know, it's like there's no benefit to it other than its name. So unfortunately, you know, stick to rosehip oil. Sea buckthorn oil is another really, really good oil. But stick to them in their pure form. Nothing else added. Just because some cosmetic company puts 2% into a cream, it ain't going to work for you. Just the pure oil on your skin. So you mentioned before about vitamin Cs and vitamin C is a big ingredient in skincare. Are you able to walk through like the different types of vitamin Cs that we find and what we need to look for in a vitamin C if we are going to use one on our skin? Okay, where do I start? Okay, so vitamin C is a carbohydrate when it's produced in a plant. It has a pH between six and seven, and it's exceptionally probably the most unstable compound you can get in plants. And the reason why it's so unstable is because it's an excellent antioxidant, and that's the reason why it's such an important ingredient for skincare, but it's an important part of our life because if we don't get enough vitamin C, we will die from scurvy. It's too hard for humans to produce vitamin C in its pure plant form because they actually have to create a system that plants produce to keep it in its unstable format. So what humans have done is that they can produce the used up version or the oxidized version of vitamin C, which they call ascorbic acid. There'll be a lot of people that will argue the point with me that vitamin C and ascorbic acid are the same thing, and they're not. One of the big things I want to point out here is that Vitamin C in a plant, or the pH of a plant, is between 5 and 6. Pure ascorbic acid has a pH of 2. You put ascorbic acid on your skin, you will get chemical burns. Now, I could go into the structures and everything else, but that just one thing tells me it's not the same thing. The crazy thing is that most ascorbic acid that's in your skincare brands and in your vitamins and minerals and supplements is produced synthetically in a factory, and it goes, it starts with either a sugar syrup from various types of GMO plants. And in the process of creating vitamin C, it's washed with acetone, which is now a polish remover. But we can then claim it's still natural, which defies any logic with me. So the scientific boffins and the companies that came out with ascorbic acid first in their products and called it vitamin C realised not too much down the track that their products were burning people's skins because of the pH. So then they decided to add a mineral to ascorbic acid and they called them mineral ascorbates. So you get I don't know, calcium ascorbate, sodium ascorbate, zinc, you know, you get those ascorbates. And what that did was actually up the pH to, to around about six to seven. Problem is vitamin C doesn't anything doesn't have a mineral attached to it. And then they decided that they would produce an oil-soluble vitamin C. And there's no such thing as this, but they decided to manipulate it chemically. So you get these oil serums that have vitamin C in it, which is, again, it's not true. You know, these things that they create in the laboratories and the factories, just call them what they are and don't call them something that they're natural because they're chemically not anything the same. It's just misrepresenting to the public. So to go back to if you want vitamin C, which your body needs to actually function and, you know, basically keep you alive, eat fruit. 
So for those that they've come to a point, they've been listening and they're like, oh my goodness, I just need to throw everything out. What would you recommend people use on their skin? I mean, looking after our skin is so incredibly important because we know that healthy skin later in life is going to mean that we're less susceptible to, you know, chronic wounds and things like that. And of course, skin cancer is one of a leading disease in Australia. What would you recommend that people are doing for their kind of base? skincare regime for someone that doesn't have a specific concern best way to just for your skin is to you know i would say and this is using words for my wife because she's far better than me at this but you know is just to exfoliate moisturize and then put your sunscreen on and also use a cleanser if need be that's all you need obviously color can make up as well if you desire but you know it's the minute the less materials you put on your skin especially chemicals reduces the impact of endocrine disruption and toxicity it's as simple as that you know i always say to people would you eat your skin care and the answer is always no so why are you putting it on your skin what a relief to hear that we don't need to have 15 different products. Also just important to note that, well, as you mentioned, Ross, for, for the listeners, sunscreen can certainly be important and we need to protect ourselves in the sun. Sunscreen is not the first line of defense. So if you are going outside, put a long sleeve shirt on, put a hat on, put some sunglasses on. Mm. Sunscreen is not the only way to protect your skin and it should definitely not be the only method that you use. So in regards to, you mentioned makeup. So makeup for some people will choose to use makeup. Will you age faster if you're wearing makeup regularly? Well, that's a good point. Well, there's a number of factors. If you can feed your skin the nutrients, as I've always said, then your skin will obviously look a lot better down the track than if you don't. Callum Cosmetics do contain silicones and things like that, which are detrimental to your skin. There's obviously clean brands out there that don't use silicones, but other chemicals. Sorry, I call them Color Cosmetics because that to me is what they are. Per se, I'm not a Color Cosmetic chemist, so I really am not probably the best person to talk about Color Cosmetics. But, you know, but they're an important part of people's psyche and how people want to make themselves look good. So they're going to, but just try and use as minimal as you can. Try to find, look, the number one thing I say to people is look on the back of labels and read the ingredients. Get to know and understand the ingredients because it's really important to understand the ingredients and what they're there for and what to avoid and what not to avoid. Because, you know, in that Toxic Beauty documentary, there's a huge part on talc and the damage that has created. Like you've seen it and I've seen it. It's unbelievable. And who would have thought talc could have caused that much damage to people? And it's just an inert mineral substance from the earth. Can you imagine what these synthetic chemicals that we're producing sticking all over our faces are doing? My mind boggles. Anyway, yeah, so just try and reduce the amount. That's my number one thing. But, you know, but it's up to everyone's individual tastes and what they do. But uh, if you don't need to wear makeup, if you're at home, if you're at home and you don't really need to put it on, don't put it on. Give your face a break. Let it breathe. No, don't say your skin doesn't breathe, I should say. What it does is it expels gases from your breathing, per se. You know, we've also discovered that free radicals are probably the most damaging thing to our skin. And everyone thinks that free radicals come from outside us, from pollution in the, in the air. The biggest cause of our free radical damage is actually us breathing because we breathe out free radicals and they are transpired through the skin, out through the pores of our skin. So when you decide to put a cream on or a sunscreen on or anything that covers your pores, you're actually blocking the expelling of the um, free radicals. And what does that do? 
causes skin damage. So, yeah, that was something found out in the last six to 12 months. Mm, interesting. It and is. Funny, it's quite a common term that people say, let your skin breathe, but obviously our skin is not breathing. Yeah. But that is a very good explanation. So what do you think of micellar water? Very common product these days. Well, it's really good at getting stains off clothes. It's awesome. It removes makeup really well too. So as a product that works, yes, it works really well. As a green washed product that says water in it, that's just not true. What concerns me, and I'll get back to my cellar water in a moment, there's a lot of chemicals that we use in skincare that are actually being derived from the industrial applications. Say, for example, silicones. Silicones were developed to make machinery have slip in them so you, you, they, they didn't get friction. And then they found there was their ways into skincare products. We also developed chemicals called glycols for industrial applications and a number of glycols are used to stop overheating cars so car cooler and a really good industrial chemical that stops cars from overheating or you know allows it to get above the water above boiling point unfortunately micellar water is full of car cooler they use ethylene glycol and propylene glycol at great large amounts to help you remove your cosmetics so basically my suggestion would be to go and buy car cooler than micellar water because it's a lot cheaper it may not smell very nice maybe put oil in there or something like that but basically that's what you're putting on your face and of course glycols and silicones weren't developed to be put on your skin but that's what we're doing now and so that's the reason why we're getting a lot of problems with yeah. our skin and what about this idea that if you continue to use the same products that your skin will become immune to those ingredients and it's not going to have additional benefit yeah again i think let's address that by called sensitization and essential oils are a classic example of this you could be using lavender oil on your skin for several years with no problems and then all of a sudden your skin will be inflamed and you'll stop using lavender oil and it'll go away and in two years time you use lavender oil again and it inflames straight away so what's actually happening is your skin, and again, another classic example of this is gluten and lactose intolerance, which seems to be so prevalent these days. The, and this all comes from our skin not knowing what to do with chemicals it hasn't seen before or, or chemical structures that it's never seen before. So what cells do is when they don't know what to do with it, they store it inside themselves or they store it inside and they keep it there going, well, we're not quite sure what we're to do. And over time, that builds up. And it builds up in that cell until a point where the cell goes, I've got no more room for this. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, we start seeing skin changes or you know cellular changes. And what you're seeing is inflammation. So all of a sudden, your skin will go red once you put something on your... Or your stomach will bloat because you've eaten bread or drunk milk that's got things that don't, you don't, your body doesn't like anymore. And that is called sensitization. And you name it, people will be sensitized to many different things. And I feel sorry for dermatologists and also nutritionists who try to find out what's actually causing the trouble in some people because it, it, it might not be one chemical. It could be several. It could be a cocktail of chemicals. It's, it's a real problem. And that's the reason why we go for detoxification things. And funny thing is most people like to detoxify themselves with fruit and vegetables. Funny that, isn't it? So that's the whole thing about that is that we need to, so if we come back to the sensitization, the issue is that once those cells become sensitized, you'd never ever lose that. 
unless you can remove it all from your system, which is really hard to do. And the, the most dangerous thing, and if I can get, so get this across to your listeners, is that chemicals that your body doesn't know how to use will be stored in the body, especially if they're all soluble, to a point until the body can't, do, can't store anymore, which causes sensitization. Sensitization also calls inflammatory conditions. Inflammatory conditions are the number one cause of disease. And you can look right that up in all literature. Inflammation causes disease. Only way to get rid of disease is to stop the inflammation. To stop the inflammation, you've got to stop putting toxins into your body. Simple as that. Why did you decide to launch a skincare range in an already extremely saturated market? It's easy because I wanted to be the first brand that actually worked. Look, biology was developed to actually prove the extraction technique and everything else that we do in plant extracts works. So I describe biology as the largest clinical trial ever to prove that the science and everything I've just said to you over the last, what, however long we've been talking, is true. It, it actually does. You know, I, can, I back up what I say. I'm a, a real believer in if you, you know, words are nothing unless you can back them up with evidence. Sorry, go on. I was just going to ask, since... Launching biology, I'm not sure how long it's been now, several years, but since launching biology, have you seen other brands perhaps come into the market or change their formulations based on the research that you've done? Yeah, there's obviously brands popping up. The interesting thing is that we're probably very lucky is that we are the only, only skincare brand that I know of that actually controls its entire process. You know, we produce the extracts in a different company than that go into biology. So we're, we're from, um, we do the entire process. So yeah, there's people that contact plant extracts and want to copy biology and that's, that's okay. But, they, but then try to claim all the science is there. So it's just funny. It is difficult and I understand it's difficult for a lot of brands that the only way for someone to copy biology would be to start off a new brand because if a brand was already on the market then started doing a biology, which some have, then it's basically telling me that they've got it all wrong and now they're just going to try and fix it now. And we're always moving forward sometimes in a backward way <laughs> but hopefully what we're doing here at plant extracts and biology is a, such a positive way to deal with skin problems and it's far bigger than that to me it's far bigger it's self-esteem and self-worth and creating a positive you know because people look at themselves and say you know look at me today look i look awful and i want to remove that i really want people to love themselves and it's you know mental health is such a really important thing especially in today's climate with COVID-19 and isolation and, and stuff like that. So, you know, looking your best or perceivably your best, you're your worst critic, aren't you? So, yeah, I think it's really, so if your skin glows, you glow. That's the only way. Really, you know, so go back to nature. Yeah, that sums it up beautifully. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to debunk some of these really common myths that we see. Where can people find more about you and the work that you're doing? So uh, biology is obviously on Instagram, which is at biology serum. Please just remember biology is spelt with the I on the end instead of a Y. So B-I-O-L-O-G-I serum. We're also on the internet. We have our own website, biology.com.au. We also have Facebook. I am also on Instagram at Ross McDougald. I have my own I write up about chemicals and everything else. So it's, I don't know if you've, you've been on there, but it's quite controversial. And the company that's behind all of this is a company called Plant Extracts that has a website, plantextracts.com.au, which you'll read a lot more about 
what we do in terms of how we create our extracts. Yeah, so. That sums it up. Thank you very much. What an interview. Ross shared so much knowledge of his many, many years as a cosmetic industry in traditional um, areas as well as kind of branching out and launching biology. The three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me was, number one, just that Ross was working in a traditional cosmetic chemist type role and he started to see that sometimes uh, this marketing and the actual formulations weren't doing what the product was suggesting it was doing and sometimes doing skins more harm than good. So Ross went about and started developing his own range. And yes, it took years, but I think uh, from what they've said and some of the results that they've shown us, it has certainly paid off. Number two, it's also quite refreshing to hear Ross talk about simplifying skincare. Often skincare uh, lines, products, companies will talk about, you know, a, a multi-step, five-step, seven-step, 15-step skincare regime, even if we don't really have any skin concerns. Biology keeps it simple. Ross keeps it simple. And that is quite refreshing. And number three, I think it's really important as consumers that we can read between the lines and we stay educated because marketing is incredible in that it does work. Uh, but sometimes it can mislead consumers and not always intentionally. Uh, but I think it's really important that we take a closer look at what is in our skincare if we need it uh, and don't use products really unless they've been recommended to. If you are using a multi-step program and you haven't seen a skincare professional, then does your skin really need it? Of course, if you have a skin condition, then certain uh, modalities, certain treatments and certain topical skincare at home or a course of topical skincare or even oral is really important. Um, however, if you don't really have any skin concerns, then a cleanser, a moisturizer, a sunscreen, keep it simple, save some of your coin. And our skin is a miracle. It knows what it's doing. And I think sometimes we have to give it a little bit more credit for how amazing it really is. So thank you for joining us for another episode. And I would love for you to share this episode with loved one, friend, someone that you think needs a little bit of myth busting. Take a screenshot while you're listening and post it on your social media. Make sure to tag us at dermhealth.co. Until next week, be skin powered.